Hello and welcome to Unity Thursday, the podcast for women in business created by women in business. We are your hosts, Emily Thompson and Sophie Will. We know what it's like to spend your day surrounded by people who don't look like we do, speak like we do or think like we do. Here on Unity Thursday, we bring together women like us. We ask our guests to share with us their story and discuss books and podcasts that they've enjoyed. Join the community wherever you get your podcasts. Just a quick disclaimer, this isn't a get-rich-quick plan and we can't make you good at your job. Sorry, not sorry. Shout out to our sponsors, Zeus, a leading independent financial services group which works across public and private capital markets in the UK. Today our guest is the incredible Lily Shippen, owner and managing director of Lily Shippen. Lily has a wealth of experience within the recruitment sector and is an advocate for the business support and HR industry. Lily won Entrepreneur of the Year in 2019 and is host of the Power of the PA podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lily. Thank you for having me. Maybe we could kick off by you telling us a bit about your company. Yeah, of course. So um, Lily Shippen is a boutique recruitment company. Um, So I set the business up just over seven years ago. Um, I was 22 when I set the business up and um, we recruit business support professionals. So that includes personal assistants, executive assistants, chief of staff, receptionists, et cetera, um, and also HR professionals as well. Um, We have an office in Manchester and London and we service all different types of industry. So whether it's um, corporate finance, property, legal, or um, charities, anything and everything. We've um, recruited business support and HR professionals into those industries. That's amazing. And you're only 22 when you started it. Yeah. How did you get started? Um, very naively. <laughs> I um, yeah. So I'd worked in recruitment um, for a global business in London for just under three years. I, I didn't go to university um, and. Yeah, I set up naively with a kind of website that I put my bonus into from my previous company and um, really did believe that you just needed a phone and a website. And that was not (laughs) the case. So, um, yeah, I suppose kind of just grew organically. um, But, yeah, set up by just really, um, I suppose, trying to kind of cold call and cold email companies um, in London. um, And it just kind of, yeah, went from there, really. Mm, that's amazing it's specifically for um business support and hr yeah is that something you've always been passionate about so so we actually started off doing just business support and we actually only launched the hr side of the business um last april so for six years it it was just business support and to be honest no like i think i had started at my old company when i was 18 19 and um got put on the what was the secretarial and support desk at that time and to be honest I had absolutely no clue what that meant when I was joining the business I I was yeah I I didn't know about the companies I was recruiting into and I definitely didn't know about the roles and I I think over the journey of them meeting different people so you know registering candidates that were looking for roles um, and getting to know them as people and and some of those became friends I then really developed an appreciation and a kind of um, well an admiration for the role really and actually understood more about what these people did and it wasn't just diary management travel you know Mm. expenses that a CV would maybe tell you Um, and that's I suppose where my 
um, interest in the role kind of developed, mm. just meeting different people and like meeting people that supported the most interesting characters and actually understanding what they did. Yeah, yeah. because it's often undervalued, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, people say it's like, yeah, they're unsung, un- unsung heroes. Um, and, you know, the, the role has evolved so much, mm. even in the last five to 10 years. Yeah. Um, you know, it's n- there are secretarial elements, but it was traditionally a secretarial role. Um, and I think it's definitely gone a long way, but it's still got a long way to go as well. Mm. Um, you know, they don't often get the recognition that they deserve. Yeah. What, what kind of made you take the leap to go independent? So... My parents had always had their own businesses. So I think I had grown up just knowing that. Mm. Um, And, you know, I suppose the confidence or the the support that I got from my mum, really, um, I was at a kind of crossroads, if you like, and it was probably just impatience, to be honest, (laughs) where I was at that point. Um, And she said to me, like, what do you you know, what do you want to do like long term? And I said, well, I really want to have my own business, but I'm too young. And she was like, you're not too young. Like you can absolutely do this. So to be honest, it was, I suppose, the support that I had from my mum, but also the fact that I think I'd grown up with that around me. And and I suppose that kind of entrepreneurial spirit is mm. actually in all my family members. I just didn't really realize it. Yeah. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah. What kind of businesses were they running? So my mum and dad... Um, had a business together um, and it was well they had an my dad worked in advertising and my mum um, basically launched off the back of his kind of career and what his clients were needing she launched a promotional merchandise business Um, so they essentially put company logos onto branded products but they do more than that but that's what I'd kind of (laughs) grown up knowing I suppose Um, so yeah Oh, so take us back to way back when, when you were a little girl. Um, where were you born? Where were you brought up? Where did you go to school? And you said you didn't go to uni. No. So, yeah, so I was born in Stockport. I um, went to school in Cheadle Hume um, and all my family lived around Cheadle Way. I mean, we all lived in like a two mile radius from each <laughs> other. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't go to university. I was actually like the only person. So I, I went to um a good school and and all my friends went to uni but I chose not to go um I was not very interested in education and mm. yeah that side of things um yeah <laughs> what were you interested in what did you enjoy at making school? money <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I mean I had like I got my first job when I was like 13 and I had a job I've had a job ever since oh my like God. what was that first um, job um so I my mum managed to get me a job sweeping hair in hairdressers we've all been there and they said that if I just you know if I put a nice dress on and kind of um you know I could make myself look old enough that I was I could make myself look like I was 16 rather than yeah younger um and then I was always just like sending out um I'd sell things on like eBay and I'd I'd, yeah just money just interested me um it's definitely changed from like money is not what drives me now but um I think I just, I found school, um, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't for me. Mm. Do you find that drive now comes from the fact that your role is something you are so passionate about? Yeah, I think so. I think that there's different things that drive me. I think like there is within me, I think there's a kind of um, desire to maybe 
prove people wrong. I mm. think that that's inside me. Like I, um, I wasn't naughty at school, but I did have challenging times when I was at school. Um, my dad passed away when I was 15 and that was really, really hard. Mm. And my school weren't maybe as supportive as what they could have been and um my head teacher in particular and actually there's something I think in me that actually really drives me to to go actually I'm going to prove you wrong which mm. maybe isn't the best thing to have but no that's um, great it's yeah a powerful I think motivator. Was, yeah and and I think also as a woman sometimes I'm just like I'm if someone says no you can't do something it just makes me really want to prove them that I 100%. to them that I can um Plus also, I love my role. I love the company. I love the people I work with. Like there's so many elements, but yeah, I think within me, there's that kind of like fire in my belly mm. that like is, yeah. Did you have many people doubt when you initially started this business and even throughout the last seven years, did, have many people had comments? I feel like everyone has something to say, yeah. don't they? But Mostly like really supportive. A couple, yeah, and um, I remember I had one mentoring session with one one man, and um, he he was pretty brutal, um, and yeah, he he questioned whether it was a business that could actually be scalable or could actually offer anything and I got out and I did cry, and then oh. actually, I just brushed myself off and was like, "You know what?" I can make it into a business. Mm. Um, so yeah, there, there have been people, but I think that it's come from a good place or, you know, they've tried to help, but actually maybe that is what I needed as well. Maybe well, I exactly. needed, yeah. You probably needed to hear that to give that fire in your belly to say, actually, no, yeah, I am going to prove you wrong. Do it. Yeah. And look, well, it is so successful now. Now's your chance to tell us how did you scale the business? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's been opportunity yeah I think there's been a lot of learnings and we've adapted um there's been you know COVID for example was one of the hardest things mm. that could have happened and the biggest challenge but actually I think it's probably one of the best things that could have happened as well um I think that we that was almost our opportunity because almost everything ground to a halt and we really f worked out at that point and I worked out especially like what my and what the business's why was and what we were meant to do was actually wave much more than recruitment it was actually about like serving our community and I think mm. that was almost the turning point for us of like we you know we're not the recruiter that's just out for a fee that just is there when you need a job we actually will support you at different yeah. stages of your career and I think that we're now kind of we're um we're lucky enough to have support from that community that then has allowed us to have you know more clients more candidates etc um I think it's kind of come down to yeah community and, and mm. the people mm. um yeah yeah you have a really good online presence now as well I've, I have noticed that shift do you think that came off of the back of COVID when you sat down and kind of reevaluated everything yeah I think so like I think it really yeah I think in that at that point we did so much like it was a bit crazy we did like podcasts we did webinars we launched so many different things because it was like how can we stay as busy yeah. as possible and as you know in out there as possible um we don't necessarily do all those things but we do I think what that helped us to do was work out our why so then when someone like Izzy joined I was able to actually explain that to her and then then she knew exactly who Lily Shippen was as a business. And then that's then, you know, portrayed in our online marketing presence, etc. So, mm. um, yeah, I think it's kind of 
that time made it easier. Mm. Yeah. Well, COVID a silver lining. So yeah, it no, can no, be. It must have been, yeah, it must have been a really tough time though because pe- were people still taking on new roles in those first few months of COVID? No. <laughs> Surely throughout near enough the whole of 2020, you must have not had yeah. much work at, at all. Yeah, how did you sort of weather the storm of that? Yeah, so... Um, so yeah the day that basically everyone got sent home I think it was oh. like yeah we'd m- just moved into a bigger I office we have as well PTSD from them I know. <laughs> we sat there like oh this is so exciting and then the news flash that yeah to go home but um I think at that point we had I don't know say it was like 50 jobs on and then literally everything got pulled overnight mm. um and I, I think it was kind of we probably started to see like a trickle through maybe like October November um and yeah, it was it was so tough. Um, but I think we we did try and pivot, so to speak. Um, so we did kind of like we launched separate offerings. We did more of like the um, virtual assistant offering that was quite relevant at that yeah. point, especially um, people were at home. So they needed extra support. Um, and as I say, we just did so much marketing that when we got to that point, I remember, in fact, it was probably about September, October, there was just a huge spike mm. and we were so busy. Mm. Um, but, you know, there was also, we were fortunate enough that we had things like the furlough scheme and the, you know, the support from the government, actually. Mm. If that hadn't have been there, I mean, I remember when it was on the radio that they were going to do the furlough scheme, like I literally burst into tears because I felt so relieved that there was an answer for everyone else. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of just battening down the hatches and... Mm. Yeah. staying as busy as possible and, th- and then the great resignation was yeah that what we called it when everyone decided to move after covid didn't yeah they? it was mental i mean <laughs> i've never experienced a market like it like yeah. it was every recruiter that you, i spoke to like, all my, a lot of my friends are recruiters in different industries and it was like it, i mean the, it was just crazy mm. um so many people looking um for jobs but also so many people then hiring off the back of it because Mm. they'd had so many resignations and it was like a kind of it was like a scramble for yeah it was crazy I remember at the time actually you were advertising obviously all of these new roles and it's funny because you assume that it would go the other way where you'd have loads of people out of work because they got made redundant were furloughed and didn't want to stay there anymore you'd have all of those people but not many people hiring because they were cutting back on costs but actually it kind of went the other way you were trying to find good quality people yeah because there were so many jobs left after absolutely and I think also like companies had um all of a sudden they had like huge you know they had to service a lot of work and they didn't have the people so like you did I think you'd notice across different industries that like even you'd go out for dinner and like there weren't enough staff so you'd the service levels were lower not because of anyone's fault but they just couldn't get the um, the employees um, and I think that was the case across so many different industries mm. it was um, almost the kind of yeah the sugar rush if you like after the pandemic of like we need so many people and then it did it did calm down um, but yeah it was it was busy yeah. oh my God. <laughs> I was glad of it <laughs> oh my, following yeah, that, following the very, oh yeah. my. how do you find that the pandemic has changed the industry as a whole though because obviously now we have a lot more hybrid people wanting yeah. to work from home and that hybrid side of things. Has that changed what people are looking for in support? Are they more looking f- at virtual assistance or is there mm. actually a demand for wanting more people back in the office and going for people who are willing to 
Yeah. Be office. I based. think there is that still kind of like that push and pull from the employer and the employee side of things. Like you've, there's a lot of. Um, you know, press at the moment around companies getting people back, demanding that people go mm. back into the office. And then on the flip side, you know, when I do speak to candidates, it's always, you know, when we're doing a registration, it's, you know, what salary are you looking for, notice period, etc. And then obviously it is how many days are you willing to travel into the office, which was not a thing yeah. pre-COVID. Um, and I think there is that still kind of, um, yeah, there's some employees that, or employers, sorry, that do want, everyone in the office four days a week, some five days a week. And then you've got the, a mini- minority of candidates that want to go in four or five days a week. Um, so yeah, that's a tricky one to kind of mm. navigate. But I think it is kind of calming down a little mm. bit. It was a big thing when, you know, when we came out of that, because also I think companies were navigating how it would work as well yeah. and policies and like, you know, could it work for everyone? Um, but yeah, I think that... I would say the majority um, of people that I speak to are kind of in the office three days at home, two days. Mm. Um, we've, fully, we've, we've seen less fully remote roles that we saw a lot of um, kind of just off the back of the pandemic. Um, and I think that is because people do want to be in the office yeah, some of the time. Yeah. It's you that know. healthy balance, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's nice to come in and see people. You just don't want to do it every day. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And you do, you know, if you're um, an EA supporting a CEO, you do need that FaceTime. I think that you can absolutely work remotely. Like, you know, that is proven. And I think it works, um, especially when you're doing certain, you know, certain duties to get your head down at home. I I completely understand that works. But also face-to-face interaction is great. Mm. Um, And that's where you can read body language. You can, you know, build that relationship especially if you're just starting off in a role. Yeah, and you must know a lot about that with obviously the recruitment side of things. Yeah. Do you find it easier meeting people in person when you're signing someone new into the business? Or yeah. obviously, because you can tell, as you say, through their body language and how they are as a person, you can only really tell so much on a piece of paper, or even on a phone call. Yeah. So has that changed at all? Obviously, you were doing it all from home during yeah. COVID. Yeah. Now that's back. Do you prefer meeting people? Yeah, in person? absolutely. Like you just get so much from when you meet someone. You know, it's the as soon as you meet someone in twenty seconds, I know like where you know that person um, could you know potentially work and who you know you ma- it's it's essentially you're matching especially an EA to a CEO you're matching the two people up so if you've met both of them it's a lot easier to do if you've met them face to face um but we have had to respond to you know the fact that a lot of people are um wanting to do a registration when they're at home working from home so they they want to do that over teams or over zoom um and but I think as long as you meet them you can't go off a CV that that just does yeah. not work but um yeah nothing beats like a face-to-face meeting mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier that you had a mentor have you had many mentors in, in your career yes um I have I on and off yeah um so I have a mentor now um, and he is the owner of my accountants um, and he's been by far the best mentor that I've had. Um, he, yeah, he gives it to me very kind of very straight, very black and white, yeah. which is what I respond well to. Yeah. Um, but he's also really supportive. And um, yeah, I only see him kind of, I go, I see him probably once every quarter, um, but he's there if I've got any kind of 
niggles that I need to run past him. Um, and that has been, yeah, hugely beneficial. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I wish I could get an accountant as a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find by having such success with that mentor that that has made you want to mentor yourself? Or have you mentored yourself? So we do have an internal mentor scheme. Um, So I think, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's probably a bit of imposter syndrome in there. Like I feel like I don't know whether I'm kind of you absolutely are qualified to do that. Um, Yeah, I think that it it definitely is something that I would like to do. Um, I don't do it other than in the business, um, which is something that we launched about three or four months ago now. Um, but yeah, I think like you kind of, I suppose from, you know, with Paul being my mentor, you know, he doesn't probably realize the impact that he's had on me. Um, and if you've got the opportunity to do that, I mean, you, 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 it's kind of immeasurable. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you'd be surprised as well at how much you do have to offer. I think for anyone, yeah, everyone has some bit of advice, you know, or has been through something in life. So definitely. regardless, and I mean, you've had an incredible career at, from such a young age as well. So you definitely have so much to offer. I think you just got to also from both perspectives, you just got to have that, the ability to be honest and mm. candid. I think it doesn't work if you can't be. And I think that that's where it's worked with, with Paul being my mentor is like, he won't sugarcoat it. He will tell it me mm. how it is. And, I respect that. And yeah. I think that where maybe I've had mentors in the past, it's been, um, I felt like it's not as kind of direct. And maybe that is just because of my personality. That's how I respond. But I think you do have to be able to both be really honest to get the most out of that. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So something I can't relate to, um, your whole office, well, no, this actually leads to a very to good hear point. what's coming next. Um, your whole <laughs> office is women. Yeah. <laughs> I know I can't relate. <laughs> How is that? That sounds like an absolute dream. We have, yeah. we are a minority here. So, uh. so it, I will just say it isn't that we don't want men to join. No. It's just that it's happened that way. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. Like I think that we have a team of really strong women. I think that we um, empower each other, and there is definitely, um, I would like to think there's that we have that culture where we want. Um, everyone's got a seat at the table everyone um can make decisions and and you know i think that we support everyone to be able to do that so yeah i'm really proud of it i think um everyone's a good good person everyone um you know champions each other which i think especially in recruitment like that's not that common either like it's you know you get a lot of maybe not so much nowadays but it used to be kind of almost like you kind of wolf of wall street type of environment mm. you know bells on the <laughs> wall and stuff like that you don't and have a bell we don't have a bell no um but like even this week we've launched financial targets and we've got our year end coming up in end of june and we've launched a competition and everyone's kind of celebrating the wins and like really championing each other. And even though it's competition, it doesn't feel like a competition, if mm. that makes sense. Mm. It's not, um, yeah, it, it, it's just a really nice environment. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. I fully just got selling sunset vibes there, you know, and they have the, I don't know if you've watched <laughs> yes. them, but when they ring the, yeah. you need to get one of them. And every time you put someone into yeah. a role, yeah. I think that's a great, I great mean, you idea. You ladies are very glamorous as well. <laughs> yes. So it would, we would watch well. that. We'll <laughs> see when we get back to the office, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's just 
but I'm not sure there. about the heels though. I just can't walk in oh, heels, so yeah. that, that would need to not the selling sunset. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They do wear some pretty they severe. Do. They that's do. just got to be for the cameras. Though, yeah, surely, surely they do need to work like it's that. It's not comfort. <laughs> that would take no. me about a day to get ready for. <laughs> I think you day to get in and out the suits. Yeah, as well, how tight some of those clothes are. Um, talking of awards, so you've won uh, the Entrepreneur of the Year Award. So tell us about that experience and what do you think it is that makes a good entrepreneur? Wow, so that was a while ago. Um, that was for the Made in Manchester Award. Um, and I think actually, I think I got highly commended on that. So I won't take the title of actually winning it. <laughs> no, um, I will take be it. honest. <laughs> We're going to um, award you to it. Yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, yeah, something that I don't, I mean, I don't like to kind of put myself forward for those types of things. I actually can't remember how I got nominated, but it was an interview panel. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's so great to, to get the, um, recognition, especially with the businesses that are part of, um, or win those types of awards with the Made in Manchester. Um, with regards to, I suppose, what makes a successful entrepreneur, I think you have got to be able to really ride the wave there are realistically far more lows than there are highs but you really focus on the highs or you have to in my opinion focus on the highs otherwise I think yeah that would be even harder I think um yeah you've just got to be I think to some degree a risk taker um and trust your gut um but yeah I think more than ever the kind of I suppose the the journey of an entrepreneur, I think it is truly, you know, huge highs and huge lows. Mm. Um, and I think with that, you've got to have the resilience, mm. you know, to kind of, um, well, yeah, to ride that wave, I suppose. Yeah. It's a big wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Should we talk about your book? Yes. Yes. So the book is Legacy by James Kerr. How did you come across it? So I was actually recommended it by um, a, a gentleman that owns a recruitment company in Manchester. Mm -hmm. I think, I um, can't remember whether I saw it on social media, but um, yeah, it was quite a while ago now and I've read it a couple of times since. Um, it's one that you can just like pick up and kind of go through and make notes and yeah. It's, um, it's essentially, it's essentially um, all about the all blacks and what makes them the greatest team in the world um and essentially that's all about culture which i think you can take a lot from both into a business setting but also kind of the principles of life um and it's just yeah it's a really nice book it, it's um it talks about sweeping the sheds about how they have the attitude that essentially no job is too big or small um and if you want to be a, a player for the all blacks then essentially you know you have got to be a good person mm. um and it's just a great book because it's not um it, it's not a typical business book it's not you know it's interesting and I think that you can get a lot I find you can get a lot from sport in particular that then you know can translate into business mm. would you say you have to like sport to read it or can it's no, a book for anyone really? definitely a book for anyone um I think that 
you know, I'm not, I mean, I do like sport, but I don't follow rugby union. I do, I do like rugby league, but I don't follow it avidly. Um, but I think that it's, there's just something in there. It's like about the kind of the mental side of it and the character that these people have. I think, you know, whether you like sport or not, you know that the All Blacks are mm. definitely the team that you would want to be on. Um, and it's just really interesting. I have to get a read. Um, I'm just thinking back to what you're saying about risk taking. And when you made your first hire, that must have felt like quite a a moment. And I'm wondering, I mean, how much of taking that leap and, and making um, the decision to take your first employee, mm. that must have been such a, it must have been so important to get the right person and for them to be like a good person. So it must have been um, interesting to have read this book or... Definitely. And I think also like it helps even when hiring people now yeah. um, that, you know, they it, it's essentially, yeah, building a company culture yeah. and you that everyone that wears that the all black shirt wears it with pride. And essentially you want anyone to, to, that, that joins your business to have the same feeling yeah. about your business. Um, yeah, it was a, a risk. Um, and I think that that's when I actually really started to take, not that I didn't at the start, but I think it was a huge shift in responsibility because mm. you are responsible for paying someone's salary. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think that that was a real driver that, you know, when it's just yourself, you can afford to kind of, you know, relax at times maybe a little bit, but actually when you've got someone that you know, they've got yeah. miles to feed. Yeah, that yeah, that makes cool. you, um, well, made me um, really kind of push forward. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that the book is really relevant, whether like all stages, like I think that company culture is something that we all talk about. And like, it's so hard to get 100% yeah. right because yeah. there are so many elements. Um, and, you know, arguably people's sometimes the hardest thing you know, in terms of managing people, yeah. leading people. Um, and I think that, yeah, if you can look at teams like that, mm. they get so yeah. much right in sport and yeah. that not often isn't translated and it's not the same for business. How how do you think the culture has grown as your company has grown? And how do you sort of plan to maintain it, I guess? Yeah, um, I think that it's developed definitely. I think that... Um, I'd say that the culture right now is probably the best it's ever been. I think that um, we've got a really solid team that respect each other. And I think that, um, you know, we, everyone knows what's expected from both sides. And I think that that trust and respect is definitely there. Um, and I think that, you know, it's it has been a journey because like, you know, if I look back, was I maybe the best manager seven years ago or five years ago when I had never managed before? Like mm. I was literally learning on the job. Whereas I think that it's the best it's been now because there are people on the team that are better than me, that, you know, we all learn from each other. Mm. Um, and I think it's, yeah, a, a kind of combination of everything. Yeah. Um, so you have that added pressure of well, and um, as well, as you just said, obviously like, people have mouths to feed and you're yeah. almost solely responsible for making sure you are successful to keep all of these people employed how do you switch off from that do you switch off or do you feel like it is constantly 24 7 I'd like to think you do switch okay. off but <laughs> um, is that easier yeah, said than struggle. done I do really struggle I mean it's something that I, I definitely need to get better at um I yeah I 
I find it very hard to switch off. Um, that is just me as a person. I don't think it's necessarily the... Um, well, I think that definitely my role has a part in that. Um, and sometimes it's I find it even harder to switch off when I'm really excited about stuff because I'm kind of, you know, wanting to get everything done. Um, but generally speaking, I, I mean, I do... I do go away, I do take time off, but um, I can never really relax until it's like five o'clock at home or it's a bank holiday or a weekend. Um, And that is definitely something that I'm really working on. Um, It's just kind of like, yeah, I find it very hard to switch off my mind. Mm. Um, You can't just you know, you don't just think, oh, it's Saturday. I can't think about (laughs) that. You wake up and you, you know, if it's um, an issue at work or, you know, it's it's money is, or there's different stresses. Yeah, it's hard, really hard. What's your mum's advice for you? Well, she doesn't switch off either. (laughs) She's even worse than me. Um, Yeah, she, and I think that that's what I've grown up knowing. Like, yeah. you know, we went on holiday when I was like, li- like growing up and my mum and dad would be taking business calls. Like, you know, or we'd have to stop. We wouldn't go on holiday because I don't know someone had left or, you know, a problem had happened at work. So that's kind of what, you know, I've known as well. Mm. And I think that that is the kind of the sacrifice. Like you do get great flexibility and don't get me wrong. Like I have a great life, but also there is a kind of price to that. Um, and that is that you don't, in my opinion, you don't switch off. I mean, I've got a f- quite a few friends that also have their own businesses and I would say that they're pretty similar. Um, but it's yeah, it's the theme. price you pay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Um, we pulled a quote out from the book that said, uh, don't be too big to do the small things. Do you apply this in your day-to-day life? Do, do you all just get stuck into the exact same stuff? Yeah, definitely. Like I think that, um, yeah, absolutely. Like I think that that's, in business and in you know personal life um I think that it's about being humble and yeah at work I've done and will do all of the jobs that everyone else does um and I think that everyone on the team is exactly the same like no one's too big to do to go and grab someone a coffee or go and get someone lunch because they're back to back or yeah absolutely it sounds like a lovely culture yeah, it, it's it's good. Good. Um, I need to Amazon Prime myself that book. That sounds yes. like a really good read. Um, are you okay to answer some audience questions? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think are the barriers to starting a company? I think I think it depends on probably the industry as well that you're working in. Um, I think that there's the kind of the men there's the mental barriers potentially. Mm. I think of like the fear of failure and um you know the whether or not someone has got that in them but I think also um you know there's also the kind of the financial side of things as well and I think that does depend on the industry that you're in like essentially recruitment yes you do need a lot more than what people than a laptop and a phone but it's very different to a tech firm or um, you know a firm that's going to need funding and and know that yeah. that would be very very difficult. So I think it does depend on the industry, but I think as well there's yeah the mindset side of things. Mm. And I guess people who haven't grown up in that um, entrepreneurial uh, background or family would definitely find that more uh, maybe scary. I think. I think there is the element of the fact that, yeah, that if that's what you know, then mm. that definitely is more familiar and, and yeah. yeah, makes it kind of um, 
I suppose, easier. I do think, and I listen to so many podcasts myself, and I do think that often you hear about something's happened to them when they are younger. And I think that that's potentially where the kind mm. of entrepreneurship comes from is like um, adversity, I suppose. Um, and I think that, yeah, you, you just hear that so often, don't yeah. you? Of actually something is kind of rooted in that person. Yeah. Um, funny enough, I went to an event the other night and they asked that question, whether you're born an entrepreneur or, or you kind of learn it. And I do think there is like, not necessarily you're born with it, but there's something, whether it's environment or, yeah, something happens. I think it comes, back to your, <laughs> <laughs> comes back to your point earlier about resilience, though, right? Yeah. Because something has made you able to deal with that and, yeah. and to be very resilient. Yeah. I think almost like a, to be a bit of an optimist. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, we wouldn't do too well then. <laughs> <laughs> Me, maybe me. (laughs) There are a lot of support groups available for female founders. Do you find these useful? Do you attend any? Um, I'll be honest. I I don't go to as many kind of female female only events. Um, I I do go to events that that of men and and women. Um, and I've found that those events have really um they've been really helpful to me. Um, one in particular that my accountant runs um, where they kind of get like TED style speakers in. And and a lot of the time that's actually the people that come to those are from sport in particular. Um, And I think that with the female only um, kind of events, I suppose my thought on it is why is it that just, you know, you're a female founder why isn't it that you're just a founder like Mm. I don't think there should be this kind of difference like you don't get well you do get but wrongly so that it's just the men's um or gentlemen's kind of clubs but um yeah I think that I've just really gone for events that are for both and I've got great value out of that but I don't really like the kind of yeah the element of you know you're a woman in business Mm. I don't really believe that it should be well I don't believe it should be any different therefore does Mm. it make sense to just go to an event not that I don't support it but personally um yeah does that make sense yeah of course and there's a lot to learn from different people yeah you know regardless of gender yeah it is irrelevant like there's so much to learn everyone is so different in their own way that why restrict yourself almost Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and and, you know I understand that there's great value in both but um I've never kind of looked at it as I have sometimes felt a difference as as being a female in business but I've almost tried to kind of ignore that and actually just you know looked at business as a whole Mm. um but I again I think that that probably depends on the industry that you're in what's what's the vision for the future we do yeah want to grow the business um in terms of the disciplines that we recruit so um we will grow out our business support team and and hr team we do want to grow the manchester office as well um which is a smaller team there at the moment um but i want to do other things as well like i think that um i love what i do but i think there's so much more that i could be doing um you know whether that's still within the pa community which i'm really passionate about um but yeah, I feel like there's kind of, I, I'm searching for it, but I just mm. haven't kind of found it yet. Um, not that Lily Shippen's going anywhere as a business, no. but something else as well would be great. That's exciting. Watch this space then. Yeah. yeah. Well, we look forward to watching <laughs> yeah. it. Thank you. And Thank if you do need a role, then obviously just contact Lily. 
exactly. <laughs> <Your> shout out. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you so much for thank coming you on. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Lily. Thanks. We want to get to know you all, so please do ask your questions or just drop us a line to introduce yourself. You can reach us at unitythursday at gmail.com. We will never reveal your identity, so tell us all your secrets. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit our website at unitythursday.com. See you next time.